Hello, this is June Lockhart. You may remember me as Dr. Maureen Robinson from Lost in Space. And you're listening to The Dr. Sky Show. Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to the exciting show that we call The Dr. Sky Show, heard around the nation and around the world. And we'd like to, of course, thank our flagship radio station, KFNX News Talk Radio, 1100 AM in Phoenix, Arizona. And I'd be remiss if I didn't thank our producer, Richard Dugan, of radio station KZSB AM 1290 in Santa Barbara, California. The Dr. Sky Show concerns great guests and great guests, ladies and gentlemen, from the realms of astronomy, space, aviation, and weather, with celebrity guests in the mix. And today, ladies and gentlemen, a phenomenal guest once again on The Dr. Sky Show, a legend of both stage and film, will be speaking in just a few moments with actress June Lockhart. June Lockhart has played not one, but two classic TV moms. First, she was Timmy Martin's mom in Lassie, And then in the 1960s, she played Dr. Maureen Robinson on the campy favorite Lost in Space, a very popular show. We're excited to talk to June Lockhart today as she celebrates 80 years as a professional actress here in January of 2014. With that, we'd like to have a hearty welcome, of course, from myself and the entire audience. Welcome, June Lockhart, to the Dr. Well, well, that's a lovely introduction. Thank you very much. June, thank you so much for being here. I'm so fascinated about the story that we're going to hear about today. You, of course, born into the business of show business, so to speak, uh, getting involved as a young child with your mom and dad. Describe that. Well, I I should really say in but not of the business, because my father insisted that I get a good education before I went under contract, and uh, any uh, films that I did... Uh, The first one I did was Christmas Carol with them, uh, which shows every year on Turner Classic Movies, and I played Belinda in it, and they were both Mr. and Mrs. Bob Cratchit. But uh, any films that I did subsequently were done because they were first-class productions, wonderful opportunities, and a a grand uh, moment in which to see how the the grown-up world worked. But he was absolutely insistent that I uh, not go through the studio school system, which was is not really sure. a, a good way for any child to get a good education. Absolutely. And again, we salute Jean Lockhart and Kathleen Lockhart here on the show. Uh, very important, of course, being your parents. Describe to us, uh, you played opposite what your parents in the film version of A Christmas Carol that we were talking about, too. Well, that's what I just said. Yes, absolutely. Just so amazing to have you as a guest today, June, and so many questions that we'd like to ask you. But let's talk as we move through time and space here on the Dr. Sky Show. Let's talk about something that's phenomenal here. Let's talk about you being Timmy Martin's mom in Lassie, some what, some 200 episodes or so? Of yeah, Lassie? we did six years of that. That's amazing. And uh, went through four uh, main dogs, and uh, <laughs> you know they're all uh, um, uh, trained and ready to go if one fails. So we had four uh, over the time that I worked. There were four main dogs, and then at the same time there was a dog who did the running, a dog who did the stunts, and a dog who was a stand-in. 
It's a very interesting show, and it's almost amazing. And I was mentioning before June, before we were on the air, that many of these television shows are appearing here across the nation on MeTV. And to describe that, they're bringing back all the great classics like Lassie, Lost in Space, and so many other great shows. Well, Petticoat Junction I did, too, for the last few years it was on. Oh, yes, and that's another and great show. And played the uh, lady doctor on it. Uh, well, the, um, it's great fun to watch Lost in Space on MeTV. I'm enjoying that a lot. And uh, Lassie is on uh, every Saturday morning here in Los Angeles at uh, 9 o'clock on the Trinity Broadcasting. Mm. I guess they feel it's a, a, a rather pure and uh, show and appropriate for... Uh, that kind of, well, Christian broadcasting. Absolutely. June, I wanted to ask you, uh, for young people that are listening out there, the advice that you would give them, if they want to pursue a career in, on stage, television, acting, give, give us some advice, because as we are talking before, you're celebrating your 80th year this year, uh, this month, that is, January of 2020. As a paid performer, yes, it really, really is uh, remarkable. And and what advice would I give? Yes, absolutely. Well, absolutely. First of all, get a good education. Mm -hmm. And aside from what you're taught in school, uh, be an activist. Um, Participate in in activities which intrigue you. Um, Be a volunteer. Get out there and do things that will uh, bring you into contact with people that you otherwise would not meet. Like, I mean, you know, there's Meals on Wheels, there's cleaning parks. Get involved at your uh, with your local uh, music, whatever the. Uh, and you don't need to play an instrument if you don't. Uh, uh, be an usher at the concerts. Yes. Um, if there's an art museum where you live, volunteer for that. Learn about art. Just find some passion. And get involved in it as you're uh, working your uh, working your homework or your school or your regular job, even if it's just one day a week. Mm-hmm. And um, also, this is so important: read the press. I read the New York Times if you can every day. Well, that's awesome. Absolutely, and that's and, no that's no easy feat. I mean, that's oh yeah, you but, must know what's going on in the world because we're all connected. And uh, but I think that volunteering is something that that uh, any young person can do. If you like politics, volunteer to be involved in campaigns. Sure. Or here's something else too: the police departments mm-hmm. in all these cities always need volunteers to help, and that's a fascinating thing. Here in Santa Monica, we have a wonderful uh, uh, Citizens Academy, mm-hmm. which I did twice, and it's 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 just brilliant. But you don't have to have uh, an academy to go to. But as always, and as a as a result of that, I became so involved when they were going to lose the horses here. My family and I were able to uh, do a lot of promotion and activities and appearances, and I sold pictures and (laughs) T-shirts, and we saved our Santa Monica Mounted Police Unit. So we still have our horses. That is awesome, and I just want to let you know, I'm a volunteer with our sheriff's office. Are you really? Well, there it is. I'm talking to the right guy. Well, you know, June, I can't can't thank you enough for mentioning that, because it doesn't have to be actually being a police officer. You're right. Exactly. go out... And do a lot of things, and they really, they really need help. So that would be my, my uh, 
strong advice, uh, as well as why you're getting a good education, and read and read and read. Know what new books are out. Follow politics, which is fascinating. Mm-hmm. And uh, there's you don't need to stay at home in your basement with uh, your, your video on all the time. Absolutely. As much as you've been on the television, right, maybe we need to be away from the television screen and the computers. Would you think that maybe children spend a little too much time today in the video game area? I would guess so from all that I hear. Yes. Well, that's very interesting. If you're just joining us, ladies and gentlemen, on the Dr. Sky Show, an absolutely phenomenal guest, a legend of both stage and film. We're speaking with actress June Lockhart, who celebrates 80 years as a professional actress this January of 2014. June, again, thank you so much for your time today. Uh, You're being selected as one of the nine legendary ladies of stage and screen to have items from your career inducted into, of all places, the the Smithsonian Institution's (laughs) Oh, I made my debut on Broadway in 1947, and I was given uh, a Tony Mm -hmm. for the best debut that year. It was the first debut award they had ever given. And so recently the Smithsonian asked if I would give them um, my Tony. Now, in those days, what they gave the ladies was a gold disc. And the men got, I think, a cigarette case, (laughs) which shows you what year it was. You bet. (laughs) So this was for the 47-48 season. And uh, so I had the, uh, it's a gold disc on a, on a gold bracelet. That was the gift. Yes. So I, I gave them the, the, um, the Tony, but I first had it copied, uh, by a marvelous, uh, jeweler here in Santa Monica so that I do have a, a, a replica of it, which is exact. Oh, that's awesome. Very interesting as we talk with actress June Lockhart, ladies and gentlemen. Also with the Smithsonian is a lunchbox from Lost in Space. (laughs) Now that is so cool. I remember having one of those myself. Oh, did you really? Oh, absolutely, June. I mean, I'm like a little child listening to these stories because I'm going back in time, like many of our listeners, to talk about, I think, one of the great (laughs) highlights of your Well, your enthusiasm really goes way back then, doesn't it? Oh, absolutely. I wanted to be Will Robinson. I mean, I even tried to dress up with the part, with the boots and everything. And I remember we just recently had uh, Bill Mooney on this particular archive also. Isn't he a dear? Wonderful person. I met him at the Comic-Con shows. Are you still doing the Comic-Con shows? Uh, No, I don't. uh, I haven't been to them recently because the mob is beyond (laughs) what I can endure. I do a lot of conventions, though, which is wonderful because uh, so does Billy and uh, Marta and Angela and uh, Mark Goddard when he's out here. Sure. And it's wonderful because we have a great opportunity. Oh, and John Provost, too, from Lassie. So we have this wonderful opportunity to all get together and uh, gossip and dish and hang out. And But I'm in touch with them by phone um, uh, all the time anyway. Well, June, it's again uh, really a great honor to have you here. And I think the highlight of your career, in my opinion, is, of course, the National Aeronautics and Space Administration, NASA, presents you with their Exceptional Public Achievement Medal. Isn't that amazing? Well, you sure earned it. And tell us tell us all about that. Uh, that that's phenomenal. Well, it, it was a total surprise to me. I was absolutely blown away by it. But for years, I have been very involved with NASA as a volunteer, and they've asked me, they'll, for instance, they'll call and say, could you please speak to our employees? 
employees at Edwards Air Force Base. Yes. So uh, I will go up there and have a chat with the employees, and we'll, uh, or then they'll say, well, would you like to go to a, a launch at Vandenberg? We're sending up a, a NOAA mm-hmm. uh, uh, um, satellite. Sure. And... Um, or let's see what else. Oh, I've done a couple of concerts for them at the Kennedy Center. And beyond that, though, I've attended many, many other events that they've asked for. I've been to two shuttle launches, which were extraordinary. Aren't they and, beautiful? Right. And, of course, when uh, the Endeavor landed here at LAX, I was there. And then when it went to the Forum and paused mm-hmm. on its way downtown to the Science Center, I was able to speak to people. Uh, 15,000 people came to the forum to see the endeavor. And you know what I said? (laughs) I said, isn't it wonderful to have a mode of transportation which when you drive it off the lot doesn't lose its value? (laughs) (laughs) Exactly. Now there's a good way to put it. I surely love that. And uh, then of course I was down at the Science Center when it arrived there. And I've been down there several times since for occasions. uh, And it's, it's glorious. A wonderful, wonderful, beautiful thing. And previously, years ago, I had been to an Endeavor launch, Mm -hmm. um, and so I had a sentimental uh, value, uh, uh, you know, a feeling about it. So it was really lovely. It's beautiful. Well, June, it's amazing. I was attending as a member of the media, of course, the last launch of the shuttle back in July of 2011. Oh, you were there? Good. It was amazing. That was my first launch. Oh, was it? It was the first time I'd ever seen it. And, you know, it still resonates in my mind. It's indescribable. The emotional. wonderful. Didn't you tear up? Oh, I think I did. Oh, yes. Standing there in front of the television camera, just thinking that, you know, here's the problem where we're not seeing a lot of this happening anymore, and that's the problem. And I wanted to ask you, as our special guest, June Lockhart, where do you feel America should be as far as the future of our space program? I think that's well. Of, of course, it should be funded because people do not realize uh, that the the amount of marvelous science that is being done uh, as spinoffs of all our NASA things. Mm-hmm. For instance. Um, there are, well, I'll just run through a few of these Please. medical things. Mm-hmm. Uh, infusion pumps for insulin. Um, a vehicle controller for the handicapped was mm-hmm. developed by, uh, by NASA. Yes. Weather forecasting, which I'd love to talk to you about a little later, if you like. Sure. Um, there are speech uh, things to help, w- uh, real-time speech uh, things that are, it's called an auto-cure. Water recycling has been all developed by NASA. Yes. A reading machine for the blind. A breathing system for firefighters, so that and also uh, the mask now that is in that go, that firemen pull down is made of a of a certain type of. Um, a fabric, a material that they can see through and doesn't steam up or smoke up. Yes. Um, there's um, dental braces, the new dental braces that are clear, mm-hmm. all of that, and anti-corrosion paint. For instance, when they when they did the uh, repainted the uh, Golden Gate Bridge, sure. And there are many bridges around the country that have been repainted with anti-corrosion paint that was developed by NASA. Laser heart surgery. 
and uh, flame-resistant materials. There are just so many, many things. And in medicine, uh, what's been developed for people who are diabetic, I mean, it's, it goes on and on and on. Well, June, it's great having you here, as I've mentioned many times. But if I may, with your permission, move towards some specifics that I think the listeners would love to hear about Lost in Space. I'm identifying you here as Dr. Maureen Robinson. How about this? Doctor of Biochemistry from the New Mexico College of Space Medicine as what? You were described in one of the pilot uh, programs or episodes really? of Lost in Space. I'm <laughs> looking here well, at the archive from a book that we call The Saucer Fleet. It's the most in-depth book I've ever seen, June, on everything about the Jupiter 2, the spacecraft, the people like yourself in the show. But describe to us the whole beginnings of this with Irwin Allen. I'm fascinated by the beginnings of this whole lost in space uh, phenomenon. Well, um, they had the uh, the script, and he was doing this new pilot. But I did a voyage to the bottom of the sea for him, mm. and uh, on the uh, second day of shooting, after he had um, seen the rushes, he came on the set and he said, "We're doing a new pilot." Uh, and it's a space show. Would you be interested in doing another uh, another series? Because I had just left Lassie mm-hmm. a couple of months before. Right. And I said, oh, yes, I certainly would. So he gave me the script, and I read it. I was enchanted with it, of course. And the next day, mm-hmm. I said, I'd love to do this for you. He said, okay, that's great. And so that was it. I was the first one cast. Everyone was sort of cast around me. Yes. And... Um, the part, uh, as it developed through the shooting of the series, uh, mostly when I was supposed to be working on a project or in my lab, I just appeared in a scene with a clipboard, and that was it. <laughs> yeah, that's, right. that's amazing. And the colorful outfits that they had in this show, describe this. I mean, there's so much color in, in yes. all of your uniforms and all of the monsters. It was a very colorful set. Well, as you remember, the first year was black and white. Yes. Because CBS hadn't uh, gone completely colorful yet. Hmm. And so, uh, but the we knew we would go to color. So Paul Zestamievich, who was the designer of uh, uh, all the, uh, uh, all the, he had an input to much, most of the sets and also the, to the, uh, all the wardrobe, uh, designed them because he knew they would be very colorful. And uh, we loved our outfits and they fit wonderfully. Oh, it's very, very advanced for the day, and as yes. describe a, a most wonderful show. I wanted you to comment, please, about Dick Tufeld and Bob May. Many people may not even recognize who these two people are. Well, Dick Tufeld was the voice of the robot, yes. and Bobby May was the man inside the robot. He got the part because he fit the robot. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, he had a show business background. I don't know whether you ever saw Hell's a Poppin'. no. Uh, his uh, grandparents were the creators of that. And so uh, he had been uh, af- very athletic and um, uh, a gymnast. And uh, okay. so he was not very tall, but he was very enthusiastic and quite a dear man. And so we remain friends right up. And he, he died a few years ago, but he was quite wonderful. Well, and, the robots in this particular and show. So and, uh, he would come in in the morning and get in the robot suit. But you know, he somehow or another developed that robot and to, to where the robot has a, had a personality. Yes. He gave it personality. And uh, 
through what he did with the arms and how he spun it around and moved it. It was really very, very clever of him. Oh, and then Dick, of course, uh, Dick Tufeld, who had been an ABC newsman mm-hmm. for years and was doing voiceover, he he then um, uh, was able to uh, infuse it with the uh, proper robot voice that that uh, at least Irwin Allen thought would be a robot voice. As a matter of fact, I don't know whether you know now mm-hmm. there is a wonderful robot up in space called. Robonaut. Yes, I've heard of it on the and, International Space Station. Oh, my God. This thing is so amazing. I saw it in um, when I was in Houston on my last mm-hmm. trip there. Because whenever I go east, I always come back through Houston so I can go to the space center. Always a lover of space. Right? Oh, that's right. And I hang out with my astronaut friends, and they show me what's going on that's new. But this, this Robonaut, um, is all it, it, it has a white. Uh, it's it's covered in a in a white silky fabric, which uh, you, I don't know if you ski at all, but you know winter silks, the thing that you the, the underwear that you wear under your ski outfit. Okay, I'm not a skier, but no, I'm. I'm listening. But you know what I mean. Sure. It's it's got that sort of, mm-hmm. of texture on it. As you feel it, put your hand on the arm of it. Uh, it's warm to the touch because of the wires inside, yes. but you get the sense that you are touching the muscle of this man. That's amazing. Every digit on its hand moves as though it could play the violin. Every single digit is is programmed. Uh, you keep looking up into the mask because you you really expect to see a face. Mm-hmm. Uh, it has musculature. It has a a, a chest, um, and it, it's just remarkable. I wanted to date it. <laughs> <laughs> June, that is awesome. Oh and yes, what hey, does really, it actually? What it, does it, it actually do? Robonaut is stunning. Well, what is, what does it actually do? It helps the astronaut. Oh well, yes. It, at, at the moment. It's helping with lighthouse keeping up there, so that uh, it, which to, to free the astronauts on their other scientific duties. Well, folks, it's uh, amazing to have a special guest like this today, a legend of both states. Who is so well informed? <laughs> no, I thank you, June. It's, we've just got a few more minutes with you today. But as I mentioned, if you're just tuning into the Dr. Sky Show, ladies and gentlemen, a very special guest, a legend of both stage and film, June Lockhart, the actress is celebrating 80 years as a professional actress this January of 2014. And she's kind enough to join us from her home in California. June, in the last five or six minutes that we have left today, describe to us the importance of Lost in Space as part of the whole science fiction movement. I mean, this ranks obviously very high and actually started before the whole uh, the, you know the, the whole thing with Captain Kirk and that's right with with all the guys in that particular show uh, yes we were on on uh, the year before well the thought of of a family uh, going to space i think was intriguing to most people mm-hmm. and um somehow it was so splendidly cast we had uh, the, the family you know sure. we were really uh, uh, 
well suited to each other. We all enjoyed each other, and our friendship has lasted still all these years. Guy Williams was a wonderful choice as Professor Robinson. He was a dear man, by the way. We all just uh, uh, loved him. He was Italian. His real name was Armando Catalano. Isn't that beautiful? That's so amazing. <laughs> I would never have figured that out. And so I would always call him Guido. <laughs> there you go. And... Um, uh, yeah, he was a lovely man, and uh, and of course uh, Mark Goddard. We we loved. Yeah, we we really uh, and we did laugh a lot, and which upset Irwin because he wanted us to take it all seriously. Sure, but you know you. I heard a story, uh, June, that guy will uh, not a guy Williams, but as, as far as we took a Mark Goddard is a distant relative of the original rocket pioneer uh, the at the Goddard Space Center. Yes. yes, I have heard that too. That's so amazing that he was put into that. I mean, how how appropriate for a space series of course. And it it was it just came about, you know, much later. Uh, he mentioned to us once, you know, oh yeah, my uh, second cousin or something is the founder of uh, the Goddard. And we said, what? <laughs> and didn't you tell anybody? They said, well, no, I didn't think they'd care. You wow, know? that's a big that, that that's a big thing right there. You bet with oh, Robert yes. Goddard. You know, Lost in Space, as you know, would not be Lost in Space without Jonathan Harris. Talk about Jonathan Harris, please. Well, what can I say? Mm. He was the same on as off. (laughs) (laughs) He really was. Had a wonderful sense of humor, but it was uh, not always very kind. And uh, he was pretty greedy and uh, sort of... uh, uh, he wrote all his own lines as the uh, as the show went along. No, I didn't know that. Oh yes, he would write the lines and bring in. And in the morning, he'd come in and say, "Billy, come here, dear. I've got new lines for us." <laughs> and so uh, he was permitted to sort of uh, take over the show there. June, the most amazing part of this particular show, besides you guys and the robot, is the Jupiter Two spacecraft. Describe this. On the set, was there a full model of the spacecraft? And tell us a little bit. Well, there was a little model which they used when it was flying, uh, you know, to land and Mm -hmm. crash. It crashed every time it landed, (laughs) and and uh, uh, it was up at uh, the Pinnacles in uh, Trona. I think that's in Nevada. I'm not sure. Well, well anyway, a... uh, that's where they shot it uh, or, or used it. Mm-hmm. But it, they had a little model. But then, of course, the big model, the big set, was was really quite extraordinary. Lots of blinking lights, and it was very Irwin <laughs> Allen-esque. Oh, yes, like the voyage to the bottom of the sea uh, that's right. submarine and all the other And sometimes were... interchangeable parts. Yeah. Uh, we would use something... Uh, uh, and then we we had an astrogator, it was called, in the mm-hmm. pilot and for the first episodes. But that was finally dumped because it was so uh, difficult to move the camera around it. So it it uh, it was filling up the space in the uh, in the where the camera needed to be moved yes. around, and also um, the robot. Uh, was on tracks initially. Then finally, as the years went by, uh, Bobby May was just uh, in what we call the rubber Bermuda pants, and he would shuffle along. (laughs) It must have been very warm inside that house. Oh, I'm sure it was. It would give me claustrophobia. But he would stay in there and 
smoked cigars and he had a little reading material and yeah, uh, he got so he liked it in there. I think. <laughs> we yeah, I imagine. Him about it. Excuse me, that became his kind of home away from home. That's right? right. June Lockhart, you're a phenomenal guest, and I want to congratulate you on 80 plus years now as a professional actress and celebrating your life and. In the last two minutes we have here, and uh, please stay on the line with us as we go to the hard break at the top of the hour here for our radio listeners. But okay. I wanted to just ask you, the current June Lockhart, you sound like you're so involved with so many wonderful things, and of course space-related. Tell us more. What other projects are you involved in that are important to June Lockhart now? Well, uh, one of the things that I'm uh, quite involved with now uh, is music. Hmm. Uh, the um, And the, the lawyers... the the Los Angeles Lawyers Philharmonic is uh, a, an extraordinary organization of about 80 musicians, of judges and lawyers. We're having a big concert to celebrate the 100th anniversary of the city of Beverly Hills, and that will be tomorrow night. That's awesome. Uh, well, that'll be, uh, I should say, Tuesday the 28th, since I don't know when you're airing this. <laughs> right, this will be on uh, probably another week or so. But oh, all right, in... well then I can say it yeah, was but... on the 28th of, uh, of January. And uh, uh, then also, as a spin-off of that, they have formed the big band, and they do music of Glenn Miller and Jimmy Dorsey and Count Basie and uh, Les Brown. I mean, it, they are marvelous. Uh, on piano, we have Judge Arthur Gilbert, who is the judge of the Superior Court of Appeal of the State of California. Yes. And on vibes is Judge Stuart Waxman. They are all lawyers, and they come in. I can always tell who's had a court date <laughs> by the way they dress when they come to rehearsal, because they have on a suit and tie. Wow. And uh, one day, now that's the big band. Mm. Now, one day, at uh, we were rehearsing a couple of weeks ago, and the conductor, Gary Green, who of course is a lawyer, mm-hmm. um apologized uh, to the 80 musicians who were there ready to play uh, mm-hmm. for the concert that we gave at the uh, uh, in Beverly Hills. Sure. Uh, he said, I'm sorry we're missing a trombone tonight uh, because he has a mediation. Mm-hmm. And then he, then they, everybody laughed and said, oh, oh, ha, ha, ha. Uh, and then he said, but wait, <laughs> the mediator is Judge Bob from the violin section. <laughs> that is incredible. So, you know, June, no pun intended, but with these judges involved as musicians, it gives a new meaning, a whole new meaning to what we call having a new hearing. There you go. <laughs> yes, that's right. Oh, and you would, you would be amazed. They use those jokes. They have wonderful humor. Uh, when... Oh, at a recent concert. Oh, and we're preparing also for our fourth concert at Disney Hall. Yes. And they do everything from uh, jazz to uh, up and down. I mean, it, it's just beautiful. Well, and, June, I'm happy that you would celebrate your life with us today. And, and I hope in the future, I'd love to ask through your publicist, if we may contact you, I'd love to ask the, your kindness in being part of our Dr. Sky public forums on the phone where we gather lots of people who are interested in science and space, and maybe you'd consider being one of those guests that people could listen to. And Yes, I think that would be fun, because I can certainly uh, mm-hmm. talk to them about uh, mm-hmm. the new Mars probe that's oh, yes. coming up. Um, it uh, was launched, you know, November 14th. Absolutely. And uh, that's to, it's to study the uh, climate change on Mars, mm-hmm. because they, they're very curious about where the atmosphere went on Mars. And then there, yes, I could uh, uh, certainly, I think, hold my own with that, talking about um, um, various things of uh, 
of uh, satellites. Oh, absolutely, and we would uh, welcome particularly, you. Particularly uh, relating to weather. Well, absolutely, I'd love to hear that, and we want to thank you, June Lockhart, our special guest, ladies and gentlemen. June, please stay on the line with us as we go now to the heartbreak at the top of the hour. Ladies and gentlemen, a legend of both stage and film. We're happy today to celebrate June's life as she celebrates 80 years as a professional actress this January of 2014. That concludes this exciting edition of the Dr. Sky Show. Always great guests from the realms of astronomy, space, aviation, and weather with celebrity guests mixed in. And today, yes, ladies and gentlemen, we've had both a celebrity and a person who knows so much about the realms of space from her time in that sensational series, Lost in Space. Thank you so much, actress June Lockhart. Thank you. 